All volley volley means go for a walk. Yeah. A deal a tala tola means too much talk. Yeah. A roa ha to oi means I love you. Take it easy means five file a moo. Pretty good chord there. At there the end. it is. <laughs> Welcome to Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. This being our boy, can you imagine it's our actually sixtieth episode <laughs> actually we've done a couple of uh, more than 60 because we didn't name them right um, but it's um, November the 17th 2019 Sunday night and I'm delighted to be with you tonight and want to share some interesting things with you well the reason why you sang that song it's a love song <laughs> And it's we're gonna, uh, an interesting love song, yeah. We're going to talk about a love story. But before we do that, we want to give a shout-out to one of our daughters, Becky. Becky's going to have her fifth baby. Way to go, Becky! She lost... No, yeah. is that right, fifth? Yeah, that's right. She lost her first baby. Yeah. She's a stillborn, Tabitha. Yeah. That was a sad day. Then she's had three other daughters, Hadley... Roe and Emery, and she just wanted to bring another God's spirit children into the world, even though she's had some flack from some individuals and saying, why do you want, you've got three beautiful girls, and she just wanted to bring one more, and so we yeah, are. Yeah, way to go, Bex. We're Good proud of her for doing that, and we wish her all the best for a healthy, happy baby in May. May. So she should find out uh, whether it's going to be male or female in a month, right? We kind of have our fingers crossed that they'll have a little boy for her husband's so sake. fun for them. But as long as it's healthy, we are good with another girl as well. Well, yeah, sure we are. We are. So congrats, Becky. We're happy for you and, and for Blake. And for Blake, yes. Yeah, good. And for their girls. They're excited. They are. It takes something to bring a little baby into the world, so... We're proud of all of our girls who've had babies. What a blessing for that little baby to be able to come into a home where, uh, whether it's boy or girl, they'll be loved, they'll be nurtured in truth and righteousness, they'll be cared for in every appropriate way, they'll be given opportunities to to develop talents and to, you know, just live a full, wonderful life. I'm, what a blessing for that child. Grateful that they're coming to our family because... We love them all, and we're all quite a supportive family, I must admit, and am grateful for that everyone's so supportive and blessing the lives of our grandchildren, who we love very much. Yeah, we sure do. And so tonight, um, you know, the truth is, Bonnie and I can't remember everything that we've uh, we've related on all of our podcasts. <laughs> um, gosh, we've just been at this for... A long time now you know 15 months nearly and so not remembering everything we uh, we did want to make sure that we we shared this story of the ultimate lineup yeah um, quite a story it was uh, really a fun part of uh, um, our lives together that uh, we experienced and it <clears throat> really began uh, with uh, my cousin my first cousin her name was Barbara Dayton. Barbara was her mother and my mother are sisters. 
Barbara is the oldest grandchild. She is the oldest grandchild on uh, on my my maternal side, my, <coughs> my mother's side of the family. Yes. And and um, and she doesn't have any gray hair. No. And she is in her eighties. Yeah, she's eighty-six or something like that. And she has no gray no hair. No gray hair. It's all black. It's and she doesn't color. She says, "I've never had to color my hair," and I just thought she was lying at first, but <laughs> nope. It's amazing. Barbara's a very uh, bright, uh, talented, um, giving, giving, loving person. And she knows everything <clears throat> about every single person in the family. Yeah, her, and her memory is just unreal. But very caring and uh, uh, an amazing woman who, as a young girl, desired all the things that a, a young uh, Latter-day Saint woman would want. She, you know, wanted to... Um, be able to get married and have a family and and then uh, raise that family in in the gospel and uh, <clears throat> she came from a family of eight uh, seven other siblings and um, you know they just they're all great people and uh, but as as time kind of went on Barbara in her high school years she was dating one particular young man who was not a member of the church in his, I guess, their senior year of high school and maybe the first year of college. I'm not sure about that. And she was in love with him. She was. So choices we make. Yeah, and unfortunately, that was a problem because, uh, you know, her whole life she had planned on being able to be married in the temple and to have... Uh, a relationship with a, a man that would be a priesthood holder of God and and as good a boy as this was that she cared about he wasn't a member of the church and so ultimately they broke things off and I I, I believe I believe that took place sometime uh, after their graduation from high school and uh, so Barbara <clears throat> discontinued uh, her education and um, she got a nursing degree I believe that was from the University of Utah and uh, and then began a, a wonderful career as as a nurse um, for many many years she was in the obstetrics wasn't she a nurse in the gynecology and obstet obstet I can't even say the word Obstetrics. Yeah, in the hospital. In the hospitals, delivering babies. Yeah. And taking care of mothers. Yeah. So um, here it was that Barbara got a little bit older. She would date, but um, nothing ever really became serious enough for her to uh, to anticipate marriage with anybody. She, well, she was very involved in work. She was. Did you say she was the head nurse, right? She was, she was the, the head, head nurse. nurse. And then, and then later, she actually, um, she, she became a member of the faculty down at Brigham Young University, and she was teaching, um, I guess, in a nursing program down there. Yeah, she's very and, bright. And uh, did that for many years. Um, but we all loved Barbara. She was just uh, such a fun cousin, and, um, and she, you know, she loved all of us, and as younger cousins as well. But... It was, uh, you know, as she continued to get a little bit older, she, she began to be concerned about, about not having been married. 
and not really having any prospects about getting married. She dated some, certainly. She was a very attractive woman, and um, you know, she just kind of had everything that uh, someone would want. Maybe it was actually a little bit intimidating to some men, I mm, suppose. She might have been, because she was so bright. Yeah, she surely was, and is. Um, Barbara is, uh, oh, she's about 15 years older than I am, and uh, but she was a couple of years older than my oldest sister, Pat. So my oldest sister, Pat, one day, if she's having her her ninth, no, her tenth baby, and she was having that baby up at the LDS hospital, and Barbara happened to be on call, on call and on duty, and so uh, was uh, caring for Pat in, in part of her responsibilities. Barbara was at this point in time, I think, 43 years old, of course, never married, and um, all of that had been, was painful for her. Uh, she, she tells a story, although uh, the, the, in the early months of, of the year that we're, we're referring to now, when, she, uh, when my sister was in the hospital having this baby, her father, Reed Dayton, gave her a blessing, a father's blessing, and in that blessing, he told her that this year would be a glorious year. <laughs> she didn't know what to make of that, but nevertheless, she did. Okay, so I need to divert here for just a moment. Yes, put that on kinda, hold. Kind of, yeah, put that part on hold to bring in the other part of the story. I, uh, when I was serving as a young missionary in, um, in the New England mission, I was serving uh, in a town close to Boston called Weston, Massachusetts. And it was while I was serving there in the Weston Ward as a full-time missionary, the state president that was there, his name was President L. Tom Perry. And his wife, Virginia, and their three children lived uh, right near Weston, Massachusetts. And uh, they used to have the missionaries as, as wonderful as they uh, Perry's were, they'd have us over for dinner. And we always loved being able to, to go to people's homes for dinner, as you can imagine. And the Perry's were, were great to have us over. But it's because of that that I got a, an opportunity to get to know Elder Perry, um, or President Perry at the time, uh, um, you know, reasonably well, uh, uh, as you can, as a missionary. And um, so, anyway, we made a we we made a you know a, a little friendship together, and and then I left that area, <clears throat> I came home from my mission, and right not long after that, Elder Perry was uh, called after he was released as a state president to be a general authority in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. At that time, he was called to be an assistant to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. What a great thing for, for him and for his family. So he had to uproot his family and move them all to... I don't know if they thought that was such a great yeah, thing. <laughs> uh, move them to Salt Lake City, where he would 
you know, um, begin his service. Begin his service in that in that call. It wasn't too long after they moved here that Elder Perry's wife Virginia, a wonderful woman, died from cancer. Uh, from breast cancer, and unfortunately, a tragic circumstance. And uh, um, but it left Elder Perry, of course, now single. And in this role as a general authority, that's, you know, that's a little bit difficult. Were his children all young then, or were they pretty well on their way? Well, they were, um, Lee and, and Linda Gay were younger than I am. Oh. And uh, I don't remember how old his daughter Virginia was. Esther. Esther, excuse me. Um, I think she was about my age, though. So she would, uh, I think, probably would have been in her early 20s, Esther is my guess. And the others were teenagers. The others were teenagers. Okay. So, um, so then we, uh, I, I, moved, I come home from my mission as well, and the, the Perrys were kind enough to have me come over to their home uh, once or twice. Um, Virginia Perry, his wife, invited me to come and speak for her young women's group and then over to their home for dinner. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I was happy to do that. That was up in Bountiful, Utah. And, was um, that before she got sick? Uh-huh, right. So after, <clears throat> after Virginia's death, um, it was about a year went by and um, Elder Perry describes the situation uh, that occurred one day. He's walking down the hallway. He see he saw President Kimball, and President Kimball just mentioned. He said, "Tom, I, I need to talk with you. Come into my office," and uh, which he did. And and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, but um, President Kimball told Elder Perry, essentially, "Tom, you've been." Uh, Virginia's been gone for about a year. It's about time for you to consider taking a uh, finding another wife. And uh, he gave him some suggestions as to some things that he should consider as he's looking for uh, a wife. And so, it, with that, with that information, we kind of now now go back to. My sister Pat at LDS Hospital on the delivery table on it. Well, in the certainly on a on a bed. Well, and she said uh, she was delivering when she thought about that, but probably I, not. It's probably not because she was probably too involved I, in I get this baby out. Anyway, so uh, Pat's in the hospital with this uh, about to deliver a baby, and she's thinking to herself as she looks at Barbara. Barbara, there's got to be. Uh, a general authority who has lost his wife that needs to meet you. And so she starts thinking, okay, now, who is who are the general authorities of the church that I know of that have lost their wives and that are still single? And she starts at the top. She started with the, the prophet and the first presidency, and then she starts going down through the quorum of the 12 apostles and and by now, Elder Perry had been called to be a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So when, Bar when Pat is now going down through this list of, of the 
quorum of the twelve apostles, thinking, now have any of these men lost their wives and are they still single? And she comes, goes through each one of them, comes down to Elder Perry, who, if I remember correctly, was the junior member at the time. And she said, Elder Perry lost his wife and he's still single. Who do I know that knows Elder Perry? John knows Elder Perry because he met him when he was on his mission. So, I, I, I don't know, that day or day later, or whenever Pat called me, I believe, from her hospital room. <laughs> and she said, John, I've got a, an idea. You need to introduce Barbara to Elder Perry. I said, oh, right, Pat. Why don't you introduce him? She said, well, I, I don't know him. You know him. You'd be able to, you know, get it done. Where I, 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 I couldn't do it. He has no idea who I am. And, you know, I, <laughs> I'll admit I gave it some, some thought. And, and uh, I hadn't really, you know, I've never really prayed about lining people up before. But uh, I did. I knelt down and I asked Heavenly Father if I should line Barbara up with Elder Perry or attempt to. Because we know lineups can be pretty scary. Yeah, it can be pretty scary. <laughs> they can go really well or, or, or not or really so good, bad. Or really bad. Yeah. Well, at the conclusion of my prayer, I had one of the most uh, unique answers to a prayer that I've ever had that I will never forget. And the feeling and impression that came into my mind was, yes, John, you, you should introduce them together. And if you don't, you could be held, uh, you could be held accountable. And I Ooh, thought to myself, that's kind Ooh, of a scary thought. That is a scary thought. I, that's kind of serious business. So, um, and the next thing I did, I, I called my mission president, who was Elder Paul H. Dunn, and he was also a general authority in the church. He knew Elder Perry quite well. And I said, Preston, what would you think about, oh, I, I'm thinking about lining Elder Perry up with my first cousin, she, a, a remarkable woman. What, what do you think about that? And he, he kind of smiled and he said, John, I, I think that's a great idea. We could, we could actually have some fun with that. And so so uh, I called Barbara. I said, Barbara, what would you think about me trying to uh, set you and Elder Tom Perry up for a blind date together. She got a little sick to her stomach. She did. What'd she say? Oh, oh no, no. I don't, no, I don't think so. I, oh, that's really scary. She just kind of got really well, nervous. Well, she, uh, she, just, she just, I think, re just really paused and said, oh, I mean, I'm sure she was just so taken back by it all. Um, but she says, well... Well, I would be honored. Of course, I would do it if he were willing to do that. But uh, this is just beyond my comprehension. <laughs> I thought to myself, yeah, well, mine too. I'm a little nervous about trying to go into an apostle's office and trying to line him up with somebody. Yes. You know, just you know, the questions that come to your mind. Gosh, well, if you if they agree to a, a, a lineup date, what do you do on the date? Go bowling? You go miniature golfing? <laughs> no, you don't do that. I, I, what, what do you do? 
Well, I'm sure Elder Perry had had a lot of women trying to meet him and trying to... There had been women that were interested in bringing him, and him trying food to, and trying to let him know, know that, that they, they were, were interested. interested. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and then what, what, should, what should she call him? Just kind of seemed awkward to call him Tom. <laughs> and Elder Perry on and a first Elder date. Elder Perry on a date? That didn't seem... Anyway. No. So um, she said, well, yes, I, I, would, I would be more than happy to do that. I said, well, I'll let you know then. And so the next call was to Elder Perry's office. I made an appointment uh, with him, went through his secretary. And she said, well, can you tell me what it's about? And I said, well, uh, and I didn't want to tell her what it's about because I was afraid she'd try to screen me out. You were nervous. Yeah, I was a little nervous. And uh, so I didn't want to tell her that I was wanting to try to line him up with somebody. So she said, well, can you tell me what it's about? I said, yeah, you know, just, why don't you just tell him it's a personal matter? And she, what could she do? Yeah. Okay, so he set up an appointment. I go to his office, and I I sat down, and I will admit, I'm, I was nervous about that. Um, but I, I, I finally, after just a little bit of chatting, he just, he said to me, look, John, you didn't come here to talk with me about, you know, just the whatever weather. it was we were talking about. I said, no, I didn't. I came here because I, Elder Perry, I know, you know, Virginia's been gone for uh, over a year now, and uh, I have a first cousin of mine who is a remarkable woman who I think you need to meet. And I think you know me well enough that I would not be here today saying this to you if, if I didn't think she was really a high-quality, wonderful woman that you could really consider. Did you pray before you went in? I, I did. <laughs> sure you did. Did you get all the right words? <laughs> he said, well, that's kind of kind of interesting, actually, that she'd be in here today. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about her? So I began telling him about her and about her family, about her background, and... Uh, and then he, he said, you know, John, I, I, I will admit it is interesting that you're here today um, because I just had this visit with President, uh, with President Kimball, who was the prophet at the time, and he, he asked, told me that it was time for me to, to start looking for a wife. And then he, he gave me some suggestions on some things that I ought to be considering in this woman. So... As you've been talking about your cousin, I have been clicking off in my mind the the things that President Kimball told me that I should be considering. And it's interesting because usually they don't get into that much of uh, involved in someone else's life. No, they don't. So obviously this had to match up somehow. It so, m- must have. And, um, to have President Kimball say these next things. So as, as, uh, as our conversation just went on a little further, he said, well, well then why don't, we, why don't we do it? I said, great. Um, don't know quite what we ought to do <laughs> for this first date here, but maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe we could just have you, have you to dinner in... Um, 
and Bonnie and I would come, and you and Barbara would, you know, you could come to our their place where Barbara lives. Barbara was living in my mother's home in her basement, um, where she took care of my grandparents who were living with my mother in as well in a basement apartment. And so I called Barbara back. I said, Barbara, it's going to go. I think she dropped the phone when she realized yeah, she he agreed to do nervous, this. She was very nervous. And um, so we, we decided we would set up a dinner at my mother's home in the, my grandparents' basement uh, apartment. And uh, Barbara would fix the dinner and all of this. And Bonnie and I would be there. And Elder Perry told me, he said, now look, John. You make sure that you do not leave us alone. Or be late. Or be don't be late. That's right. Do you not were, be late. You were studying for the bar or taking classes was, or something. I was studying for the bar exam. And yes, you weren't going to be home until a certain time. So you told him what time to be there. I did. And uh, I said, please, I, I, I'll get there uh, at this time because I've, I've, I'm studying and, and taking this bar review course. And he said, okay, so on the, on the appointed night... He came early. Half an hour early. Half an hour early. Well, I wasn't there. But I was. <laughs> yeah, well, you tell what happened. So I was taking care of our little Nathan, who was still a nursing baby. So I was in the room just off the front door entryway, nursing. Into a bedroom. Into a bedroom, nursing Nathan. Your sister was there recovering from a surgery, and so she was hobbling around in her bathrobe. Your mother was in the shower. Your grandparents were downstairs, and Barbara was busy trying to get dinner. She didn't want to cook the peas too much because she said, if you cook peas too much, they will shrivel up and look terrible. So she was down watching those peas. Well, the only one that was roaming around the house was our first son, Joshua, who was two and a half at the time. Yeah. Well, the doorbell rang, and I thought, oh, my goodness, who is here? Well, I heard the door open. Josh had gone and opened the our, door. Our little baby. Our little boy had opened the door, took him by the hand and brought him in the door and brought him into me where I was <laughs> nursing, exposed, exposed with this baby at the breast. <laughs> Well, you should have seen Elder Perry's face. Oh, he just, his bet. eyes got big and he immediately did it about face <laughs> and walked back. In the meantime, Sally, and I went, oh, my, oh, oh dear. And Sally, the sister, came hobbling down in her bathrobe, bent over, going, oh, Elder Perry, Elder Perry. And then your grandparents were trying to get up the stairs as fast as they could. I'm sure he thought, what, what have I, I done? I, sure. I have entered a oh. zoo or a circus <laughs> or something going on here. Oh my word! I'm just I'm surprised he stayed. It would have been so easy for him to turn around and, and try to just call me and say, "Yeah, I've got I, a meeting or something." I am gonna make up some excuse. Anyway, by the time I got there, uh, things had settled down some. Uh, <laughs> some. He was downstairs in my my uh, grandparents' apartment area, and Barbara was there, and uh, Bonnie. I, I guess you had gotten back down there sometime. Well, yes, I took care of my children, put Josh to bed and Nathan to bed, so that I didn't have to be concerned or with their well-being. I was. Well, I'll tell you, when I drove up to the house and I saw his car 
uh, along on the side of the road. I just got sick to my stomach. Yeah, you should have. Because I assured him <laughs> I would be there. But he was a half an hour early, for heaven's sakes. Yes, well, that's what they do. They're so, early to everything. Yeah, well, We should have anyway, known that. So <laughs> we sat down and we started having dinner with them, just the four of us. And it was really a, a delightful dinner. Barbara had done a beautiful job on this little roast beef dinner and uh she was still nervous and i was nervous i mean what do you talk about with an apostle apostle. (laughs) over dinner over dinner just the four of us trying to make conversation i'm sure i sounded like a oh well whatever i'm sure you sounded great (laughs) i'm sure i i think i was talking to him about where he lived and he said no that's another uh, general authority then i'd say something else and say oh no that's another general authority so i didn't know what the (laughs) heck i was talking about (laughs) Well, what was interesting is, is, the, is, the, is the dinner went on and the conversation. I, I, by the way, I had asked him, I said, what do you think, what, what do you want me to have her call you? And he said, well, that's a great question. Why, why don't you have her start by just calling me by the appropriate title and then let me, let me break it down? Yeah, that was probably and, uh, a good thing. And I don't remember how all of it happened, but uh, our conversation uh, was was quick and easy and Bonnie and I were still calling him Elder Perry the whole time and we still do well, we to this still day. do to this day um, but uh, uh, I could see after dinner and by the time we got into dessert that there was there was, was a, a comfortable was comfortable conversation going yeah. on and they didn't really need us to be there to no to you know, kind of protect him. Help facilitate conversation, which we weren't doing very well. No, in we weren't. <laughs> uh, but it was clear to me, and I caught his eye, and I, I to this day, I'll stand by, because I, I, I believe I kind of got a, an, a, uh, an approval in a simple little nod, because I looked at him with this uh, look like, um, how about we excuse ourselves? So I, I finally, we finished dinner, and I said, you know, Bonnie, and I, uh, uh, I, I've got to go finish studying. Maybe you, you would excuse uh, Bonnie and I if, uh, if we were to leave. And Barbara panicked. <laughs> she she went, I'm sure under her breath she was saying, don't leave me, please don't leave me, please, please. <laughs> so, so we got up and, and left, and uh, they, they continued their conversation, and and had a nice visit and conversation together from there on that, that evening. And I, I, I can't remember all the details by any means, but I think at the conclusion of that, um, Elder Perry had mentioned to Barbara that he'd like to visit with her again. And he'd, he'd be calling her, and she thought to herself, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. And uh, long story short, from that point on, um, both Barbara was clearly interested in him, and he became interested in her very quickly. Enough so that I believe it was what a two to three weeks. Yeah, a month or something like that. Oh, it was very very short. He, he knew. He he told Barbara, "This is right, and uh, we need to do something about this." And <laughs> Barbara. I think she was just, her head was just so swimming, so excited and so thrilled and feeling her heart being filled with such love. And um, I guess it was just uh, a month or something like that after that that they were 
were married in the Salt Lake Temple. They were. I think they had to meet a couple of times secretly. Yeah, they did. And uh, kind of... um, Solidified the relationship. They wanted to be careful about before they were out in public. Any time that they're out in public like that, then people start talking and rumors start flying. And And we love rumors. So they were very careful about that. (laughs) And uh, I've just been reading the um, biography of uh, Elder Perry, written by his son Lee. And this whole scenario is described in there uh, in a little better detail, more accurate detail than we've given. But, but from my perspective, this was one of the truly delightful experiences of our lives where we had the opportunity to be involved in um, helping an apostle of the Lord find uh, his second wife. And Barbara... Uh, um, in my mind, and I've told him and I've told her, Barbara is every bit as worthy of him as he is of her. That's right. I mean, she's very capable and uh, a remarkable companion for him uh, who has been great. His his kids uh, uh, have been accepting and, of and Barbara, even though they were so loyal to their own mother, their natural oh, mother. Oh, of course they were, but they could see the joy and happiness yeah. that... And that he wasn't alone anymore. Yeah. And, and so there have so. been many, many times over the years where we've been in a, a place or two, and I've, I've either been with him uh, for one reason or another, and he's introduced me to um, some other church official as the one that introduced him to his wife, Barbara. And, and whenever I see Barbara uh, somewhere, she wants to remind, let people know that, well, this is the one that introduced me to Tom. and. And, um, and you love it. That, that just it's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. And it's nice to know we were a part of that, Bonnie, and, and we're able to uh, actually really respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So it was a great ultimate lineup. And so it just gives hope that even though some of these other sisters or these young men and women who are lined up over and over and over, there's always hope that one of them might work. There is hope for that. Keep in mind... Barbara was 43 years old. And he was 53. Never, ne- had never married. And, uh, and had come to the conclusion she probably never would marry. And had gone through some many, many unhappy nights knowing that uh, that might be the case for her. Um, and, and for her to be able to, at that age, uh, find the man that she could love and be sealed to it's just been such a great, great thing, both for her and for him. And so there, there are others we know that uh, are, are out there in the mix, who, young women who are concerned. They're and 25. And or young men. 28 too. or 30 or 32 or, and not married, and they're getting worried and they're getting discouraged. And never give up hope. And simply knowing that the Lord is in charge. Yes, He is. And and He will He will fulfill the righteous desires of our hearts as long as we're faithful. I don't know what the timing is going to be, and the circumstances, but as we've talked about before, you just got to trust Him. That's right. And Barbara, bless her great heart, trusted in Him, and and. Um, uh, unfortunately, it was just a few years ago that Elder Perry was diagnosed with uh, 
cancer. Thyroid. Thyroid cancer and passed away. And so Barbara's... Uh, it's devastating. Uh, oh, boy. It's been it's hard been on her. It would her. be hard on anybody. Because he was he just fulfilled her life with joy and purpose. And, yeah, and she was a great companion. She for was. Him. He was good for, for him. All of the things that he was... All of his traveling and his appointments and she took places good care throughout of the world. Yes. And how she's helped him. Yes. So well, anyway, there you go. That's uh, and one of the fun, wonderful experiences that we've had with the Ultimate Lineup in our lives. And uh, we're just grateful that our Father in Heaven allowed us the opportunity to participate in it. It's a good, good life. Yeah. So don't give up hope. Hang in there. That's it from us tonight. If you kiss the right sweetheart, the one you've been waiting for, big blossoms of white will burst into sight, and your love will be true.